Are we the reason for the new sexual revolution that we see taking place in our world today? On this episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast, I want to tell you why I believe that you and I are responsible for what is taking place in our world today. When we see things like the LGBTQ community advancing to drag queen story hours, to the LGBTQ agenda advancing everywhere, and to all of the things that we see now, including minor attracted persons, which is formerly known, but still known as pedophilia. I want to show you why that is really kind of our fault in many ways. Stay tuned. The Dr. Matters podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. And as mentioned, in the intro, if you listened, I'm going to share with you on this episode why I believe we, as you and I are sitting here, or whether you're driving, whether you're working out, whatever you're doing as you're listening, why I believe that we have a part to play in the reason we see this new sexual revolution taking place in our world today. And I do believe that we are seeing this new sexual revolution. Sex is everywhere, and it has been for quite some time. Uh, but it just seems to be getting more and more and more growth as we move forward in time. I can remember a time when I was younger that you would never see some of the things that we see even today on cable television. But I believe that there's a biblical reason why this has gotten to where it's gotten from when I was even a kid to where I am now as a 40-year-old man. And I'm going to tell you that this is not something that I noticed on my own, although I've read this passage of Scripture many times, and you've probably read this passage of Scripture many times as well. But I recently heard Vody Balkum teach on this, and he pointed out something that was very important for us to see and to realize. Now, uh, before I get there, I have even shared this passage of scripture many times when dealing with uh, the trans movement, LGBTQ, all of those different things, and I've never seen it. So I'm going to show you and point out what Vody said, and then I'm just going to give some commentary on it as to what we should do moving forward as Christian men and women, because I believe you're going to see, just as I saw, how we have overlooked this and have let this sexual revolution grow into what it is now. And I'm afraid that if we don't start uh, sounding sound, if we don't start to sound the warning, if you will, uh, then we're going to see this thing continue to grow. But it goes back to what is fundamental in the Bible. So let me share my screen here. And uh, we're going to look at Romans chapter one together. Romans chapter one. And you probably know this, uh, the heading, God's Wrath on Unrighteousness. So this is actually the LSB version, the Legacy Standard Standard uh, Bible, uh, what we're reading here today. This was a, 
a, a newer translation that has been put out that I, I'm kind of liking as of late. I've been doing a lot of study through this translation, and so far, I really like it. Um, but uh, that's what we're going to read from, and this is going to sound very familiar to you. If you don't recognize the, the the chapter and verse here, Romans chapter 1, verses 18, and uh, we'll go ahead and read through 32 right here to start everything off. But this, if it doesn't sound familiar to you, it will when we start to read it. So let me just read starting in verse 18. The word of the Lord says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and righteousness. Now, let me stop right here. This is a big passage of Scripture that we use to those who are unbelievers who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They love their sin. They love darkness more than they love the things of God and the things of Christ, and they love the darkness more than the light. So we use this passage to really talk about those who know that there is a God, but choose to suppress their knowledge of God in pursuit of unrighteous things. And that's what this verse gets into, Paul says, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, both his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made, so they are without excuse. So we talk about this. Uh, we talk about them being able to look at creation, God's invisible attributes. They know that there is a God, but they are suppressing the truth that there is a God. Verse 21 says, For even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the likeness of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, verse 26, God gave them over to dishonorable passions and served the, uh, excuse me, for this reason, God gave them over to dishonorable passions for their females exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the males abandoned the natural function of the female and burned in their desire toward one another. Males with males committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to an unfit mind to do those things which are not proper. Having been filled with all unrighteousness, wicked, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, violent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the righteous requirement of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Now, when we get to verse 26 of Romans chapter 1, we see that God has given these people over this unrighteousness. They are suppressing the truth in their unrighteousness, and God has given them over 
to the the lust of their hearts. They have uh, they've just whatever they want. God has seemingly removed the restraint of grace in their lives and let them just be as wicked as they want to be. And there is where we see in verse 26, the LGBTQ as we know it today. Uh, women with women, men with men, but it goes further than that. As mentioned in the introduction, now we have MIPs in our world, minor attracted or MAPs, sorry, not MIPs, MAPs, minor attracted persons. These are pedophiles. These are people who are attracted to minors, and our society is stretching this sexual revolution to include pedophiles and renaming that just to make it okay and seem to be okay, which it is not okay. That is disgusting and that is gross. And we look at this and we say, man, this is terrible. We see drag queens. We see the homosexual agenda in schools. We see it even in churches now. We see drag queens in churches. We see bestiality at times, and it's becoming more normalized. That's what's going to become normalized next. And you just watch and see. But we see minor attracted persons becoming normalized. We see men being able to go into women's bathrooms and women being able to go into men's bathrooms if they want to. It's funny. If you think about all of the things that we've heard recently, you don't really hear the news talking about women going into men's bathrooms because that's generally not what's going on. It's usually the men identifying as women so they can go in the women's restroom because they're perverts. Uh, you don't see or hear about women going into men's bathrooms and it being a problem. And that's simply because this is, uh, this is chaotic. It is unregenerate behavior at its worst. Uh, so we see this and we think, man, how did it get this way? How did we get to this new sexual revolution and what changed? Well, I'm going to show you what uh, Brother Vody Balkum showed me in his teaching, and that is here back in verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Okay, I've highlighted it here on the screen, if you can see this. Verse 24 of Romans chapter 1, Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. So there's two words in this passage of Scripture in verse 24 that we see that happen before we begin to see the LGBTQ stuff that comes later in verses 26 and moving forward. We see two words in verse 24 that are really what hinges this new sexual revolution is because we didn't deal with these two words and we kind of glossed over them as just something that's normal. So what are those two words? What are those two words that we glossed over that open the door to this new sexual revolution that is taking place right in front of our eyes? Those two words are lust and impurity. Lust and impurity. So lust, simple definition, a very strong sexual desire. It could be uh, undressing someone with your eyes or thinking in a sexual way about someone and, and burning with that sexual desire, whether it be towards a woman, a man, uh, whatever. 
there is lust. And then we see the word impurity. So we see this word impurity. What is impurities? Some synonyms for impurity. Immorality. What does the Bible say? The Bible is full of requirements for believers is to kill immorality, kill the lust in our lives. We kill those things. Some other synonyms for impurities are uncleanliness, filthiness. And listen to this one. This is a a synonym for impurities. And if you don't believe me, go Google it. And if Google will tell you this, then you know it's got to be true, right? Because Google would not want to put something out there that is even remotely going to be associated with impurities if they could help it, right? That's another conversation for another time. But the word unwholesomeness. So anything that you do that is unwholesome is considered an impurity. And right here in verse 24, we see the words lust, strong sexual desire, and impurity, unwholesomeness, filthiness, immorality, uncleanliness. So for years, we have seen young men come into uh, church offices and and, and have accountability groups, and they say, well, I'm lusting, have this problem with lust. And what happens is if we don't deal with their root, which is lust and impurity, if we don't deal with the root, it's going to open up to even more. So we've heard things like everybody deals with lust. It's a, we're going to pray for you. We're going to do this. We're going to try to help you through this. Here's a workbook to go through to help you instead of really attacking it with telling folks that they have to mortify their sin, that they have to kill that sin at its root before it grows into something that we don't want it to grow into. For example, that lust grows into pornography. And then pornography could turn into hookup culture. And just um, now we have, I've never been on it. I've heard about it and, and, and listened to people talk about it as just uh, Tinder and all kinds of apps that where you can just scroll through people and just find hookups. You can find, uh, that's not what it was called in my day, but hookup culture is real. And it's because we did not deal with the root of the problem, which is lust, that you have to take those sexual desires, those thoughts. And the Bible says, take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. I think we've given people a pass when it comes to lust for so many years that well, just everybody's doing it. Everybody has that issue. And uh, you, you just have to rein it in and do the best you can. No, you have to kill it. If you have that desire, you have to kill it because I can tell you from my own personal experience that left unchecked, lust grows into this huge tree that is ugly, that needs to be chopped down, that nobody looks at and says, oh, what a beautiful tree. No, it leaves destruction because it wasn't dealt with at the root. Make those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. So, we, we have seen years and years of that, and that's the problem. So let me just, let me just read you this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive, every thought. So instead of giving lust a pass, we need to, tell young men and women to take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. 
that we kill it, get in the word of God, that we remove lust, that it is not okay to have because the Bible forbids it. The Bible tells us that we must not lust to get rid of our lust, not give it a pass, not wink at it, not say it's okay, everybody deals with it, but to kill it at its core. And we fail to do that. And then if we're looking back into our text here that we're looking at today, impurities, uh, we lust and impurities kind of go together. We haven't dealt with the root of the problem. If there's some immorality in your life, lust is a sexual immorality, falls under that umbrella of sexual immorality, lust, pornography, uh, hookup culture. And, and in, in many cases, I hate to say this, but lust not dealt with leads to the impurity of rape. It leads to the impurity of molestation. And, 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 and many times that molestation happens in your own family because we're not dealing with the root of the problem. We're, we're giving it a pass. And I hate to keep repeating myself, but we have to understand that I've been a product of this growing up in the church, and it's not something that many people wanted to deal with, especially when it comes to young men and women and young boys and girls who start to go through those changes and have those thoughts and have those those desires. It's, it's kind of strange and weird to deal with, but it's part of life, and it's part of the Bible, and from a biblical worldview, we should have killed this thing a long time ago, but many men and women began as young boys and girls who did not have leaders in their life to teach them and help them and walk alongside of them to kill this lust before it grew into this gigantic, ugly tree that nobody wanted to look at, to kill these impurities in our life before it grew up into something that was just terrible and and now has blossomed into this uh, sexual revolution that we're seeing today. So I think that we can look at the LGBTQ agenda and again, I mentioned this is now spreading into schools. It's into churches. It's into libraries. It's in the public square. It is everywhere you look. And not only the LGBTQ agenda, sex itself is everywhere. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, my family at times watches Wheel of Fortune. And I can remember about three or four years ago, we had watched Wheel of Fortune and it was going off. And we kind of got up and we're doing different things within the house. And one of those primetime TV shows came on and it was just the most worst sound you could hear at that moment, especially with a house full of children. And it was clearly the sound of two people having sex at 7 p.m. on cable television. And I had to quickly run and find the remote and turn it off. And I said, so what is happening here? I would never have heard that when I was a kid. But things have changed because we've left this here, lust and impurity, unchecked. And we've kind of said, it. well, it's not that bad. Right? It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. How many times can we say it's not that bad before we really recognize that it is that bad. We, 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 we have said it's not that bad. It's just a little thought here and there. It's just a little look here and there. It's just, if you do it, God will forgive you. And don't get me started on accountability groups. I think that uh, I have gotten started on these before. Accountability groups can work if they're done correctly. But most accountability groups that I've been a part of in my life have 
just kind of given a pass at the lust and impurity side of things. Because mostly everybody in your little three or four man group has done the same thing. And they say, well, we, um, we've done that too this week and nobody knows how to deal with it. They just say, well, I'll pray for you. I'll pray that we all do better next week. And instead of dealing with it biblically. So again, we've let this go on and on and on and on too long to now we look at this revolution that's happening right in front of our eyes. And we say, how did we get here? Again, we got here because we neglected the scriptures. We want to look at Romans 1, and we want to put it all on unbelievers, and we want to say, this is you. You suppress the truth. No wonder we see what's happening in the world today. But I wonder how many of those people began in a church setting who struggled with lust or some sort of impurity, who just didn't get the care they needed when they needed it. Maybe they didn't get the gospel preached to them. Maybe they didn't get shown how to work this out in the scriptures. I think we see that that's evident in these churches that are promoting this stuff and allowing this stuff to happen right there in their walls, but in inside of their walls. So how did we get to where we are? By winking at the scriptures, by letting things slide, by letting things not seem as bad as they really are. But I can tell you, I've seen, and you've seen it, uh, some a little bush pop up or a little tree pop up. And if, if, if you let it go, it continues, and the roots can be deadly. They can get into septic systems. They can get into uh, underneath houses and cracked foundations and all of these things. That's exactly what these sins of lust and impurity do to lives. If we don't kill the root, the root grows. And the more the root grows and gets nourishment, the bigger and more out of control that that tree is going to become. And that is what we've seen in our lives today is we haven't killed the root. Therefore, this thing has grown bigger and out of control. And then we're left scratching our heads and we wonder why we've got to kill the root. We can go after fruit and and try to go after fruit and say, well, if we can try to stop drag queen story hour, then that'll be okay. That's partially okay, but that's just going after fruit. And Vody Balkum said this as well. You're just going after the fruit instead of the root. And I believe that the root of the sin is lust and impurities. And I believe that's why if you're not part of the LGBTQ community, if you're not a map, a minor attracted person, if you're not uh, someone who is a drag queen, you may you may put this off to the side and say, well, this isn't me. Well, you could be in the church. You could be a Christian and you could be living in open sin. You could be living in sexual sin. You could be looking at pornography. You could be living with your boyfriend or girlfriend, cohabitating. Uh, You could be uh, still lusting, just sexual desires that are running rampant in your mind and in your heart. You're in this group, too, so you need to recognize and understand, and I need to recognize and understand that the root of All of these impurities, all of these lusts, it has to be chopped up and grinded out and done away with. We have to kill sin at the root. And I believe lust and impurities, impurities of any kind. Remember, the word unwholesomeness is a synonym for impurity. So anything that is not wholesome in your life, anything that goes against the scriptures, these lusts and impurities, whatever they are, must be killed. 
and we kill it by denying it. Again, I mentioned taking those thoughts captive when we have them and make them obedient to Christ. When we have those thoughts, go to the Scripture. Go to God in prayer. Submit yourself to the Word. Submit yourself to your church, your elders, whatever it takes. Get rid of things in your house if that's what you need to do. But you need to, when those thoughts come up, you need to run to Christ. And the closer you are to Christ, the more you're going to starve the lust, the more you're going to starve these impurities, the more you're going to starve these things in your life, and they will eventually die because they're not getting the nourishment they need. And all of these big trees in our world would start to dwindle down if we would attack it at the root. If we would attack their thoughts and say lust begins with a thought, this impurity, this unwholesomeness begins with a thought. Train people, teach people, help them understand how to kill this. And and, and I realize that there are people that are in this sexual revolution now that aren't believers. Well, They need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what's going to change them. And I'm not talking about some Westboro Baptist Church, um, very terrible Uh, language towards people. I'm talking about the truth and boldness of the gospel of Jesus Christ they need to hear, and they need to hear about the coming judgment on their lives, apart from the saving grace of Christ in their life. That if they die without knowing Christ and without believing on him as their Lord and Savior, they will experience the judgment of God, the righteous judgment of God in hell for eternity. They need to hear the good news But they also need to hear that news that apart from Christ, they will die and go to hell. So we need to preach the gospel. We need to, for those that are believers or profess to be believers, we need to attack the root of their sin. And thirdly, this is the final thing I'll say about this before we wrap this episode up, is we need as Christians to do a better job at discipling one another. I believe that we can probably attribute a lot of this new sexual revolution to the fact that we are poor disciples, poor uh, disciplers, I should say. When somebody gets saved or, or maybe a new Christian, we just expect them to act like a Christian, but we should disciple them, help them, encourage them, walk with them through the scriptures, teach them how to live a God-honoring, Christ-honoring life, and teach them how to get to the root of this sin and kill it. We've done a poor job at making disciples. We get them saved and just send them on their way. And that's a problem because Jesus himself says to make disciples, not just get numbers or get them saved, but make disciples so we can teach these that have a profession of faith how to live now in Christ. I think if we were to start to get people to open up and be honest, those that were in the church, maybe those who would say they're quote unquote Christians, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Maybe they are, maybe some of them are truly Christians. They just haven't been discipled to know exactly how to live in light of being a Christian. Now, that's not an excuse for their behavior at all, if that's the case, but just give that some thought. I mean, we need to do better at discipling one another. I know that's been an issue for years now, and I hope to be able to, to, to change that and to uh, start seeing a difference being made by truly discipling those who profess Christ. So, um, I can't stress it enough. Attack the root. Attack the root of sin. And you may be saying, well, I, I don't, you know, 
I think impurities, anything, anything that you do that's a sin falls under that. So you may say, well, I don't have a problem with lust. I have a problem with stealing, stealing time from my employer, stealing, or I have a problem with lying. Stealing and lying are, guess what? Unwholesome. So they fall under the category of impurities. So no matter what you struggle with, it's all under the huge umbrella of impurities when it goes against the standard of God's word. So whatever it is in your life, attack the root. Where does that begin? What does that look like? You're desiring something else. You don't want this to happen or you have to change the truth for this reason. What is that reason? Dial it back to the root. Chop that root and root up and get rid of it because it's only going to cause more and more destruction for you moving forward. So I hate to say that um, we likely have some fault in this sexual revolution that we're seeing now, uh, but by God's grace, we can begin now not winking at sin. We can begin now truly teaching the word of God and truly calling people to repentance. And that is a big deal. Sometimes we don't like to call people to repentance because we're afraid of what they might think or what they might do. But I think it's past time for us to stop letting things slide, even if it's minor. The most minor sin needs to be dealt with before we see it grow into something that we can no longer contain. So I hope this has been some uh, of some help to you as we think through this, as we look at the scriptures and really get into the word. And I hope to do that more and more moving forward. And even if we do relate it to the culture, I want to go to the scriptures and show you on the scriptures and read the scriptures so that we can understand what God's word says together. So if you have any comments, any thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Please leave a comment and you on the YouTubes there. If you would, please like it. Please share it if you would and comment. That helps the algorithm. It helps get this. I think this is important. I'm not the best communicator. I'm not the best podcaster. There are so many better people to do this and have done it than I am. But if you do happen to hear it and can share it and interact with it, it would get that algorithm set to where more people could hear it. Because I do think that more people need to hear the message from verse 24 of Romans chapter 1, that lust and impurities have been winked at, and now we're in the new sexual revolution. And uh, I think we maybe need to take some blame and ownership of that and continue to pray God would forgive us for that and the times we've winked at it and let it slide and and pray that God would stop this fast-moving train. So I'd love to hear from you. Comments, uh, likes, shares, all those things are great. If you don't want to leave a comment and want to reach out to me, my email address is doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. All lowercase, no spaces, doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts. And if this has been helpful, especially, I'd love to hear from you. So, Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Whatever you're doing, whether you're watching or listening or both, I sure do appreciate you. Love you. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and God bless.